Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the PlayPod, a suite of podcasts developed by Playboard MI. My name is Jacqueline O'Loughlin. I'm the Chief Executive of Officer of Playboard MI. Um, and today we're going to talk to Kula Yasuma from the Northern Ireland Commissioner's Office. Uh, Kula, you're very, very welcome. Thanks, Jacqueline. Um, we're absolutely delighted, Kula, that you could take the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Um, I'm sure it was a challenge because there's so much going on at the moment. There is a lot going on, but um, actually it's indicative of we must never forget about the importance of play. So, you know, no matter how busy it is, you should always reflect on on time taken to play. Oh, thanks, Kula. You know, yeah, I'm just was reflecting, you know, 37 years Playboard have been going now and you've always been a great friend and ally and advocate for play. You know, even before you were in your commissioner's role in your previous role, um, you and I, we go back quite a bit, don't we? Um, yeah. And we've had many conversations over the years about the importance of play. So it's lovely to have a conversation with you, just focusing on that. But perhaps maybe just, you know, just to ease us into the podcast, yeah. you know, it might be helpful for our listeners um, to hear a little bit about your role and responsibilities as mm-hmm. the commissioner. So um, thanks for that, Jacqueline. So I, as, as you said, I am, um, to give it the full title, the Northern Ireland Commissioner for Children and Young People. And I am um, represent the Independent Children's Rights Institution in Northern Ireland. And these, uh, there, there are... There are many uh, such institutions, uh, particularly across Europe, but also increasingly across the world. And our role, in a nutshell, is to ensure that um, within our jurisdictions that the United Nations Conventions on the Rights of the Child, every single one of those 42 rights are implemented. Um, And in in our case in Northern Ireland, we have a piece of legislation from 2003, which gives me and my office a range of powers, including Um, the right to investigate, the right to issue advice and guidance on on any issue concerning children's rights, um, the importance of informing children themselves of their rights, taking into account the parents' role in in, um, children's lives, making sure that government and statutory bodies understand the role that children themselves can play in improving systems and processes, you know, the right to participation. So that's, I have quite broad range of powers, which enables me to um, get involved in any issue that I think is important with regards to the implementation of children's rights. Um, and obviously Article 31, the right to play is one of those. Um, and I've been doing the job for seven years, seven, seven down, one to go. Um, and it, it, in a very challenging time for Northern Ireland, although I'm trying to think of the last 50 years when it hasn't been a challenging time for Northern Ireland, you know, um, our government just come back and then we, then we got COVID and, and all of that's, that, that's been going on. The challenges of a society emerging from, from conflict, the challenges of poverty, of mental health, of educational disadvantage and, and exclusion, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So um, it's been, it's an interesting time to be children's commissioner and to, to be considered the children's rights advisor to government. Um, it's an interesting and challenging time. I have just because it's been very challenging, you know, more so even over the last couple of years. You know, you're right to pick up on our legacy of conflict and everything else that has thwarted our development over the, the um, last 50 years or so. But I think um, in recent times, the COVID and the isolation that many children find themselves in, and I think quite often for me personally, you know, you know, looking in and I'm, I'm working in the sector, you know, we were seeking views of um practitioners and mm. parents and so on but the children seem to be left out of that equation so what and and they were very good at just 
doing what they were told. You know, they were very yeah, obliging. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I mean, we're seeing now the fallout of that in terms of mental health and well-being and the pressure, educational attainment, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So yeah. I think in terms of recovery, um, the commissioner's role is, you know, there's, there's lots to think about. Um, there, your recent report was was excellent, I have to say. And I know having, okay. speak, having spoken to some officials, you know, even in terms of the focus on play and that, yeah. um, which, you know, was, was quite significant. Yes, yes. Um, and that was it. And that was important. Uh, so in a new and better normal that we published in August uh, of last year, which was reflecting on children's experiences of, of COVID um, and the lockdowns in particular, and then looking forward about what needed to be done. So there were some things that weren't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise that children living in poverty or with lower um, lower levels of income experienced uh, the pandemic much more negatively than anybody else. But I think the thing that most people were taken aback is this notion that children children live their lives online. Pre-pandemic, it was children live their lives online. So do you know what? When we go when we go remote, it'll be fine because children are the experts in digital technology. What we learn very quickly from children and young people is we don't want to live all our lives online. We, of course, have a life online and that's how we keep connected. But it's those connections that we make in the physical space that we sometimes carry into online and we and, and we move in and out of it. And I think that's what became very quick, became quickly very apparent is that isolation that we inflicted on our children and young people during the lock, during the lockdown. Now, could it have been different? I'm not sure. And, and, and I've come in for a lot of criticism for not arguing strongly enough for, for children not to be part of the lockdown. And, and I, will, I, I will reflect on that as we go forward. But I, I think that that's why it was important that play and children in physical play, you know, being out and, and enjoying their right to play was so important because the, the, the pandemic and, and the lockdown and the restrictions have taught us that online only works for a small piece of time and when you're in control of it, not when you have to do it. And it's never more important for children. And we're seeing that as we've come out of, of, of the extreme measures and restrictions, children and young people um, not being able to get, but some, some not being able to get into, this, into that physical space again because of their fear and anxiety that they've, they've developed. But also other young people saying that they were so anxious, they felt so isolated. And we were able to, we've been able to redefine the term lonely, um, you know, because children were felt lonely, even though they were living in houses with other people, because they felt so disconnected from their significant others, which were often their friends and schools and stuff like that. So we, we've learned, that's one of the things that, that I didn't expect when we looked at, uh, when we were writing you in Better Normal, but that, that has reminded us of the importance of giving children space in the physical world. I, I think for that, I mean, that's echoes our experience as well. As you know, we've done our own piece of research yeah. uh, through the, the pandemic and actually, you know, it just echoes what they were saying, tell, children were telling us as well. I wanted to hear from the children themselves. I didn't want, you know, their parents telling us about what they think's going yeah. on. I wanted to hear from the authentic voice of the child. And, um, you know, uh, there was some really sad, you know, it was, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was very moving to read some of the comments yeah. and, and thoughts and worries of very small children, you know, yeah. about, yeah. as yeah. you say, would their teachers have forgotten them? Would their friends have forgotten them? You know, what would it be like getting back into society again? Um, and you, you just wonder what the repercussions of that will be further, further down the line. Hopefully, 
you know, hopefully we're able to, you know, with our mental health champion and others who are really looking at yeah. Yeah. the children, we're able to um, um, address some of those things. And it makes me also think about, you know, prior to the uh, pandemic, you know, Playboard in terms of messaging would have been talking about screen time and you know, the difficulty of children spent so much of their life yeah. behind screens. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of our stuff went on to screen. We're making them, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, that's just and that's an ethical dilemma. I, I struggled a little bit ethically, yeah. you know, but yeah, we but... knew that we had to reach out yeah. um, and, pro- and provide support. Um, but as I say, I think we're only at the start of this. You know, obviously the COVID hasn't went away, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, we're, we're hearing now, I think in early days, um, it was very much the children weren't um, the factors of the disease and that's so it. on and so that's forth. Right. That's and that right. Were, but then all of a sudden, now, I suppose, with the new um, uh, variant Omicron, we're seeing children who are now obviously getting getting sick and some actually getting sick maybe six weeks apart. Um, so getting it on the second and the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you just wonder the consequences of that going forward. Um, and there's concerns around long COVID as well. Yes, you know, we're seeing uh, strong evidence that children are also affected by long COVID. Um, so, yeah, we know that children were affected by the pandemic. And, and we worked that worked out sort of by the summer of 2020, we knew that children were affected by the pandemic. Um, their mental health was affected and they were affected in other ways other than being ill. Now we're seeing them being on top of everything else, also being ill. Fortunately, not not you know debilitating ill, and, and we're not seeing, we've not seen any deaths, um, which is which is really good. But they're getting that anxiety because they're missing time off school again. And remote learning is never the same, no matter how hard schools try. Um, and they and, and like you say, they're missing time with their friends, which is what the precious thing that they have so looked forward to having. Um, but I'm I, again. I'm hopeful that it, within the next um, three or four months we, we can get get them all back on an even keel. But it's going to take years to recover, and I'm not even sure we can talk about recovery. This is that's why we call the report the new normal. This is what this is our new normal. Let, you know, we don't want to go back to what it was like at the beginning of 2020. We want a better normal, but we need to remember that that this process, this journey we're on of recovery or post pandemic, is going to be a long term thing. I think, you know, I suppose, like, as I said, COVID has shone a spotlight on play specifically um, right across um, the nations, right across Europe. We're, we're seeing lots and lots of reports coming out saying the same things. And, you know, it made me then reflect on the indivisibility and interconnectedness of the other rights as well. Um, you know, some um, academics have reported, they, they would say that Article 31 is the link pin for the convention because it's so fundamental to childhood, you know, yes, play, exactly. recreation, rest, leisure, arts, culture, they're so interrelated to serve the, the, you know, the conditions that, you know, protect the unique evolving um, nature of childhood. Um, so I suppose it's organisationally for us, what we need to do to make that a reality going forward. Um, and on that note, you know, the general comment, albeit back in 2013 at a different time. Now, Jacqueline, you know what I think about general comment number 17, don't you? You I know, do, I do, I do. you <laughs> know what, how much I love that general comment. I, my most favorite general comment. It, it, I mean, it's, it's so discernible, you know, so easily read and accessible. And, as, you know, for me, I'm thinking general comments per se, you know, as a commissioner, how do you think that we should try and um, ensure the you know implementation of general comments? So, uh, so general comments are really important because general comments, you know, you have your forty two rights um, um, articulated in the CRC, 
um, and they're, they're quite brief. And then when you're talking about how to make them a reality, so, you, you know, when you look at the, the, the right to play, it's rest, leisure, recreation and arts, isn't it? And culture. Arts and culture. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's actually quite a lot of things. Um, and, uh, and, and general comment 17 is actually a really, really good example of, of a good general comment because you then go, right, let, so what the UNCLC, the, the, the Committee on the Rights of Child do with the general comment, say, right, here's some of the detail. Here's, here's the, the toolkit that you will need to implement this in your, in your country. And 17 is an excellent example of that because what it does, it, whatever question you may have, it answers it. You know, is it about the built environment? Is it about this? And, and I, I absolutely agree that a well child, a healthy child, a happy child has to be a playful child. Um, I ab 100%. But the, 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 the one word in that general comment that I is, uh, and when I was tidying up earlier, I found it that, that we need to remember is the non productivity of play. Do you know, do you know what? stop stop making play about learning and motor skill i mean we have to make all those things yes, and about yeah. fitness and about health and about this and it is all those things absolutely it is all those things but if a kid wants a child wants to sit down and play in the sandpit that's what they're doing they're having fun and and um and that's really important because the essence of childhood as you say is about discovering the world up there on their own terms in their own way and how we we absolutely need structured play. We absolutely need physical play and sports and all, and all the rest of it for all the reasons of just, but we just need to allow children and young people all the way up to the age of 18, just to be in a that, way that, that they're that, most comfortable for, with. Yeah, that's for me, that has always been the issue. People try to um, make it a product, you know, about absolutely. an outcome or a destination rather than the journey, you know, so that journey of childhood um, and, being, and being rather than doing. And, yeah. and you, you, I mean, you remember the first time we came across each other in, a, in, in, the, in the professional way was around young people. And this idea that young people were being antisocial because they were out just in public spaces being young people. Now, some, some of them were being very inappropriate, but if we set those aside, and then people saying, well, what, you know, we've got youth clubs down here. They can go to a youth club or then go to the sports club. Yes, they can, but they can choose not to. And, and seeing young people in our public spaces in our parks, we need to make them welcome. We need, we need to ensure that they can use those spaces side by side by, with smaller children, with older people, with anybody else who wants to use those public spaces. And um, I think we forget about that. When we think about as they get older, we think that they should be going to a youth club or they should be doing something more productive. And we forget that they're children and they have that right to play. And that's so incredibly important. And that, and that, and I have enjoyed watching, um, and welcome watching Playboard going into that space as well around older children and, and just, just to allow them to play, to use public space. I mean, they play very differently, obviously, than the little ones. But they still play. The time, space, and permission to do that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know. I often reflect the term "play" in and of itself isn't helpful. But <laughs> I, I, I don't have people put certain value, put trivial, yes. trivial values on it. It's about reclaiming play. You know, we we have that discussion about rights. I, I, even as recently as last week, I was in a meeting where let's not use the word rights, and I was thinking that because it gets too political or people are too sensitive, go away. 
you know, we need to use the word rights for what it's meant because it's for everyone. Plays the same. Plays the same. Sorry, I'm having. I'm no, no. I, I totally, agree. I totally agree. But that has always been my difficulty getting folk to actually understand. And I actually got into a debate, and I'll, I'll not, I'll not give names or uh, departments out or, 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 or um, oh, go policies. On. Go on. You'll get but, more. You'll get more listeners if you do. But I was, I, I got comment on um, a new policy that's that's emerging, and the term in it was um, after having spent two days at an innovation lab where play was predominantly the feature on everybody's working group, you know, so I was delighted to see, you know, the yeah, evidence that, yeah, that was supporting yeah. the need for this. And yeah. when it was presented to me, it was called outdoor recreation. Oh, for goodness. I, said, I said, no, 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 no. Outdoor recreation may have play in it, but it's not play. Equally, you know, the term physical literacy or physical activity, you know, physical activity is not play. You might, when children are playing, they will be physically active, but it's not play. Do you know, so it's really trying to break that down, and that's yeah. some of the challenges and, I have. And it is. It's about that play has to be with a purpose. So when you think of physical, you do think of sports, and and the sports are all or you know canoeing. I don't know when you said outdoor recreation. I was thinking of canoeing. God, I can't, I can't imagine anything worse. But anyway, um, but it is about just being outside. You know, playing outside. Um, and just being and and like I said, um, and general comment seventeen is really helpful in saying it can be all these things, but it also its primary purpose is non is about being non productive, and that's really important. Um, you touched on older children there again. You made done a piece of research. I could way back in the day, and I but I remember being you know really taken back. Ninety five percent of young people at the age of sixteen were saying we 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 still want to play. We, we don't, don't call it play. But we um, need we need to be outside. We need to be hanging, yeah, and we need do. to have permission and society to recognise that we're not doing any harm, so That's to speak. Right. That's right. Um, and you know, I think uh, um, I'm trying to think of her name now. Um, Naomi uh, Lot, um, professor over in um, one of the red, she's in Oxford now at the moment, but yeah. she's been doing a piece of work with us uh, previously. And her um, thesis, her uh, doctorate thesis, is on Article 31. I must share it with you, Kula, because I think oh, you really do. love it. Brilliant piece of work. But, you know, she comes there. Her conclusion is really about focusing on the needs of the older child. And she'd be really, really interested in taking on a piece of further work on that area. And I thought, absolutely, you know, please do yeah. come to our door. Yeah, yeah. Really keen. Um, but then that makes you also, me also think of, you know, there's different designations of children. Like, obviously, children are not a homogenous group. Um, and children with additional needs are with yeah. a specific need. Yeah. And that's something that at this moment in time, you know, we're trying to really grapple with our grasp because as an organisation who purports to be about all children, I think there's an element of, you know, there's, there's a group of children there whose rights aren't being served. That's right. um, and we're doing a piece of work with, we've actually done a piece of work with the Memory Foundation on a piece of research which we're hoping to launch quite soon. Um, but it feeds into a piece of, bigger piece of work that the Four Nations, the Play Safety Forum, are developing a policy or position statement on inclusion and we're going to I think we're launching that later this month um, and I think that should be something that I'm thinking particularly in terms of the children young people strategy yeah, and obviously yeah. your role in the scrutiny yeah. role within the children young yeah, people strategy absolutely. because there's so many parents out there who have children of a particular age or an older child who's maybe developmentally you know at a younger age or stage and are finding it really difficult 
um, to get their child, get access to play services or play experiences for their children. Um, so I think that's something that I know that's close to your heart as well. Um, I think that's something that we really probably should be grappling with as, as we go forward. It's also it's also um, good timing because we're coming up to the next examination of the UK by the UN committee. And this was the one recommendation that they did make around play was around inclusive play yeah. uh, for, for the UK. And obviously um, that, that includes us, it, inclusive play, particularly children with a disability. So it is it is something that when when we go back to the committee, probably probably now at the beginning of next year, that we we the government need to be able to tell a story about how they've implemented or not that that recommendation. Um, so it, it is and and this is we, we just talked about older children, but we do have this idea of children with additional needs, children with disabilities, particularly with with you know mobility challenges, of of putting them away. Of putting them in centres or or having special clubs, but it's about how do we, uh, uh, we? They absolutely have to have access to our play spaces, whether they're organised, structured or not. We do need to have access, and sometimes it's not a huge amount to do it. It just needs the will and the the conversations with those children and their families to say what would work for you. How would this work? You know, does it need to be this way or that way? Right. So. It is about making sure that people have the time and the willingness and the and and, and the energy um, to, to to ask children and their families what would work for them in their community. And that is a change I've seen across the councils: better consultation with children and young people. I'm still looking forward to seeing how that actually what that actually looks like in implementation. But we still we have to start with that with that piece. I think there are, you I mean, I think there's some exemplary um, councils there who are doing really, really good yeah. work yeah. Um, on the subject matter. And then others who really think they're doing good work, but yeah. it is still quite tokenistic. Um, you know, we've, I've seen, you know, new development of new play parks and with an inclusive feature or an inclusive section. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, OK, so you've ticked that box. But what about the family unit? You know, yeah. so I'm going to bring my child over here who needs this particular piece of equipment, but my rest of the children are have to be over there and I can't be yeah. with them. So and that's it's just, yeah. yeah, it's how they talk to the families in that design. Yeah. You would think you didn't actually talk to anyone. You just opened a catalogue and yeah. saw something that said, we'll do, we'll do for a child who uses a wheelchair and you put it in, but you didn't actually talk to the family to see how that would work for them. So well, there's, I suppose there's too much of that. I, 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 as I said, I do you think, I think there's a willingness. I think there's um, yeah, good, uh, and, and I can. I definitely have seen. I suppose maybe even in the last ten years, I've seen huge improvements in I, terms I of even strategizing about um, um, investment and so on, um, and even thinking a little bit outside the box as well. So uh, uh, opposed to actually thinking about these designated play parks that are fixed equipment, thinking about animation in spaces, you know, open yeah. up space more. So, yeah. you know, I think we're on a bit of a journey here um, and, and I think it's going in the right way. Um, and, but I do think, you know, you can't take your foot off the pedal. I think there's still, you know, we need to keep the pressure on slightly. Absolutely, absolutely. And Northern Ireland has so many wonderful spaces. We have so many wonderful open spaces. So we're primed for it. I think, and again, that also charges us with joining up policy making. And I know we're, we're talking in the backdrop of an assembly that's not there at this moment in time. But, you know, we really need to get better at coordination and um, coordinating um, activities. You know, for example, when it comes to looking at play, you know, uh, quite recently, DEFRA have been investing in 
uh, play parks. And I'm thinking, well, where does that connect with um, Department of Communities in terms of their engagement with councils? Where does that connect with Department of Education and their exactly. policy on children? Exactly, exactly. So, and then Department of Health in terms of their, their strategy on obesity and mental health and well-being. So, you know, I think there is a coordination function that still needs to be taken forward. But hopefully, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm hoping that the Children and Young People strategy provides... I know it's actually consultation at this moment in time, but I hope it provides that synergy across the delivery. The delivery, yeah, the delivery plan absolutely has. And and the thing is, it has to provide. We've got no choice. It is our only hope. Um, It is our main hope. And I know my office has, has, has invested in that strategy as being the, the program for government for children coming out of um, giving our children the best start in life. And it's right that it's in one place. It's right that every government department and, and agency uh, gov- and non-government agencies look to the children and young people's strategy and say, where do I fit in in that? Who do I need to work with to make that happen? We are we are on a journey. We do have a way to go, but we are on that journey, which is great. Um, and, you know, you, you will find everyone agreeing. It's now getting them to, to the doing. Um, um, and there's no point having the conversations with them until after the election because this is, we're now in election, well, at the time of recording, we're in election mode um, and we'll be for some time. So, but I, I, I am optimistic. I am optimistic that we'll get there. Maybe not in my um, lifetime, Jacqueline, but we will get there. Kula, I'm just thinking, you know, you mentioned at the start that you were coming to the end of your tenure as commissioner um, in your last year now. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, obviously seven years goes in really, really quickly. Eight years goes in really, really quickly. But where does it go? Of, where does it yeah, go? Yeah, where does the time go? Um, <laughs> in terms of you know reflections, you know, have have you any sort of thoughts about a what you know what you have achieved, or what you would like to achieve uh, before you finish off, or what you think we still need to do? Yeah, well, I haven't. I uh, so this year is going to be very much around reflecting on exactly that, but more importantly, much more importantly, reflecting on where the um, the world is a different place mm-hmm. with regards to children and their rights. And um, I actually think in one way it is in that we talk about, we're talking about, it feels, it feels to me like we're talking about children's rights a bit more, that, that public authorities are, are clearer about their responsibility to consult directly with children and young people on the issues that matter to them. Um, but when I, but then on the on the downside of that, and and it's a big downside, is I'm not sure that we've progressed children's rights, the situation of children, uh, significantly in in the last seven years, um, uh, and 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 there are reasons outside of our control. Um, you know, we have three years of no assembly, and and not having an assembly, not having an executive meant we couldn't progress. It meant that the progress. And, and progress was made, but it was in tiny steps at, whilst we were watching. And I always have the analogy of the children in Northern Ireland being like children in the sweetie shop on the outside, while the kids of Scotland in particular were in there getting their one pound mix ups. Um, and and it's, 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 it's felt like that. It, it's felt like that quite a lot, particularly at the beginning. And then we had the two years of COVID. And, and, and as we've talked about, we, we know it was the children who were in the most disadvantaged circumstance who have fared the worst out of COVID along with, along with some others. So um, 
this year will be reflection um and i, I i'm not i'm not 100% sure um no i'm i'm fairly sure we're not where i had wanted us to be back in 2015 when i started this job um how, how much of that is down to circumstances how much of that is down to a lack of will on the part of government and how much of that is down to my inability to get the job done remains to be seen but uh, but I do think we I do think we talk about children and young people in a very very different way than the way we talked about them 10 years ago um you know the, the discussions around antisocial behavior the discussions around children the feeling that children were possessions I think we've moved on significantly from that to seeing children as citizens and and as a as 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 beings who have a role to play and also the the notion we're moving we haven't got there we're moving away from the notion of childhood being adults in waiting um and that's really important that we we cherish childhood for, for for being what it is in the here and now what although you know whilst we do want children to grow up and be effective and productive adults and all those things that's not their sole purpose their sole purpose isn't to be mini adults so yeah uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, obviously you are in your last year and, you know, hopefully all things been equal. Hopefully we, you know, we get our assembly back up and running again and things, some degree of normality um, yeah. and space. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, the children's strategy, with, you know, the, the fact that it's absolutely. over the line and we're trying, you know, so we maybe have the mechanisms to make things okay. a reality. We absolutely do. Um, it's, my own, my, I suppose my only concern is, um, and, and what we have been notorious for it in the past, is writing fine words and policy. And then yes. not following through. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we, we can't have any conceptual models. Is really what I said. We, we you know, yeah. we, we need to be very, very clear and all on the same page. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that your role and, and previous commissioners, you know, I, you know, I did have the pleasure. Funny enough, just thinking about this now again, back to reflection. You know, uh, starting up with um, Nigel Williams all those years ago, two thousand and four, yeah, 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 talking yeah. about you know the first place strategy for Northern Ireland. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have come such a long way in that journey of understanding how fundamental it is to childhood. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully the, the future will be a little bit better for us. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, you and I, when we, when, we, when we have finished our jobs and we can reflect back, we can see that we did, we did, we played a role in making that happen for children. Jacqueline, um, yeah. And, and I think it, it would be remiss of me not to mention that this will probably be the last time I formally just talk with publicly talk to you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure we were, you know, about your role in the progression of children's rights in Northern Ireland, your personal role. And of course, the role of the organisation that you've led for these decades. Um, and you can track the, the the difference um, in how we see play and how we see children children's rights to play and then children's rights more broadly within that. So, um, you know, I think Northern Ireland and the children of Northern Ireland, past and present, because you've seen many generations of them pass through your hands, um, uh, have, have a debt of gratitude to you personally, Jacqueline, and to your organisation more generally about how you have preserved and progress their right to play. And um, we, we must never underestimate the role that the volunteering community sector and lead, its leaders like you play in making sure that children have their rights met here in Northern Ireland. So I think it's, um, it, it, it's a, this is at the risk of being a mutual appreciation society. I think it's really important that we recognize 
you as an individual, uh, you as a leader and the organisation that you lead as being a significant, pivotal children's rights organisation in Northern Ireland. Thanks, Kula. Thank, thanks for your kind words. Um, yeah, I feel a bit humble, so do because um, you know, listening to things like that is re- really, really difficult. But um, thank you. You I have really to, but, you, but you, you need you need to hear it because I'm genuinely. I wouldn't be saying that to any old Tom, Dick, and Harriet who was um, retiring. I genuinely wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I would. I would. I would skim over it, and I, I, I mean every single word. Genuinely mean every single word. Okay, on, on that note, Kula, thank you so note. much for joining us today on our podcast. Yes, I'm mortified. <laughs> thank you for joining us on our podcast. Um, and can I thank everyone for tuning in and, and listening? And remember, visit our website at playboard.org um, for information, resources, and more play ideas. Bye for now, everyone. <laughs>